Welcome to the Home Time Show podcast. Um, this is a podcast that was recorded the day after England made it through to the final of Euro 2020. Come on. Yes. Now, as you know, uh, Italy, the opponents, I have an Italian wife. Um, she's making pasta for tonight. Oh. I feel like the whole kind of... Um, build-up starts already in our house. I, I forgot that it's going to cause... There will be frictions between uh, the English side and the, the Italian side in your two sides of the family. There will be, yeah. I mean, she was supporting England last night. She's English-Italian. She's born in Harlow. She sounds as Essex as the next person. But if she had to pick one team, though, is she supporting Italy for the final, do you think? Or? She's supporting England for the final. Good. We had this discussion well done. this morning. Brilliant. Uh, even though her family is Italian, she was born in Harlow, she's lived in England all her life, she's supporting England. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, but she's still making pasta. Actually, <laughs> Back to the pasta. <laughs> actually making pasta tonight. So I do think that there is some kind of conflict going on. Well, as long as you can get free, like, handmade pasta out of it, I'd be <laughs> yeah. happy to go along with any form of friction. <laughs> I did see some memes circulating on social media uh, earlier saying that if Italy beat us in the final on the weekend, we, we should all ban pizza. And I'll tell you right now, that's not something I'm on board. Not going to happen. for a podcast we told them to do it themselves and here it is the hometown podcast with bush and richie still buzzing after last night we're in the final in a final for the first time since 1966 someone put on twitter earlier on that we've got a hundred percent record in finals so far england i like that which is good isn't it uh, amazing scenes at wembley last night it was an amazing thing. it's just good to be in a final of something which is a lovely yeah. feeling so we thought first hour of the show tonight going to want to put this question to you, right? Have you ever been a finalist in anything or a finalist at something? Tell us about it. 1987. What was that? 1987 got to the final of the Eastbourne Schools Football Championship. What, your team and my everything? My team, my school did, yeah, primary school. And how did you get on? We won! Yes, get it's in. It's a sign, it's a sign. You've gone on one. and won it. Uh, for yes. me, I was. I, I got to the finals of like this, I can't even remember what it was now, it was like early 90s, it was the uh, like Devon Athletics. Oh. So I went to do the high jump, because yeah. I was good at doing the high jump at school, Frosby flop, yeah. all that kind of thing. Absolutely stacked it at the high jump, you had to do a track thing as well. Ended up winning the 200 metres and representing North Devon. I did not see that coming. What about that? But so far, and I was awful, when I actually went to do the 200 metres and the full Devon thing, absolutely right at the back, there's so embarrassing <laughs> they, were, they were cleaning up when I finished <laughs> uh, Steve says he won the final of the weakest link in a bar in Magaluf he won a bottle of peach schnapps now I was already to be impressed <laughs> at the first few seconds of Steve's story there I didn't realise it wasn't an actual <laughs> Anne Robinson episode if you've been a finalist in anything let's celebrate together Andy says I swam in the independent schools national swimming championships <laughs> back in the late 70s <laughs> I reached the final of the 100 metre backstroke I came third. Well done, wow. Andy. Well done. The story luck. doesn't end there. It gets better. It does. I ended up winning as first and second place for both disqualified. Wow. On just, just a note on backstroke, I don't know how people do it. I can't do it. It terrifies me that you're going to smack the back of your head. I can't even go straight. I do sort of like bent backstroke. It's really bad. I heard that rumour. 
Uh, Jason Brimson says, I won the Maria Apartments Sakynthos Pool Championship of 2001. Yes. Pie-eyed, everything I hit as hard as I could. The balls just kept going in. The pockets were like buckets. Huge prize of 12,500 drachmas, which is about 25 quid, and a handmade tinfoil and plastic <laughs> bottle trophy. Get involved. What have you been a finalist in? Uh, Ricky says, I got to the final of a quiz show called The Cooler on Challenge Ooh. TV. The final consisted of racing around an obstacle course in giant baby walkers. <laughs> my, my, my opponent bumped into me, so I called them a cheat at the final credits and got told off. Oh, fam, what a way to go out of a competition. Uh, Darren says, school talent contest as part of a band. He was in the final. Came third to a pair of dancers and a lad called Owen who sang a reggae song called Wet Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pete, tell us what you got to the final in. It was the Yeats's Karaoke Northwest <laughs> competition. All right, just in case anyone missed that, you were a finalist in the karaoke competition for the Northwest uh, of the Yates's Wine Lodge uh, category. Yeah. Peter, what yeah. was the song that uh, transported you to the final? And, and to start it, it was Twist and Shout by the Beatles. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and was it a full house in the Yates's Wine Lodge there when you were singing it? It was because it was all it was all done at Stockport Wine Lodge, so all the all the Yates had gathered there. It was like a hub, brilliant, a hub of Yates's. Can you can you give us a little bit of it, just to, maybe just one little line of it, just so we can see what your skills were at Twist and Shout? As I can give it a go. Go on. Well, shake it up, baby, now. Shake it up, baby. baby. Yeah, that's yep, yep. Okay. Slightly less energy than I expected, but uh, <laughs> thanks for joining in. Thank you, Pete. No problem. Lee says, I won the dad's race at my kids' sports day. Oh. Then COVID hit, and parents can't do it this year, so I'm undefeated in now my third year, says Lee. Love that. There should be a plaque on the wall of that yeah. school. Bearcat says, I was the European Underwater Hockey Championships. Uh, I was at the European Underwater Hockey Championships in Lille in 1987. Is underwater hockey a thing? I've, I've heard of water polo. I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, he was playing for West Wickham. We were beaten 4-2 by Harlow. Harlow versus West Wickham in Lille. <laughs> He equalised to make it 2-2 and Steve Baldwin saved a penalty. Epic game, shame we lost. I'm going to check Steve Baldwin. I didn't know him from this famous sport. Rachel, you've been a finalist. What happened? Yeah, I was a finalist in a competition called the Good Sex Awards. And I was a... (laughs) The category was Best Sex in the Fan Fiction and I won. In the Fan Fiction section? Yes. How does that? What do you mean, fan fiction? Though, like just having a go at writing your own um, fruity scene. Exactly. Yeah. So it was um, characters from the uh, series Harry Potter, and oh my you word. just had to <laughs> yeah. have to write them in a compromising position. Right. Okay. I'm dying to know. I mean, I don't know very much about Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> which two characters were in your scene? Um, Professor Lupin and Sirius Black. Right. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, I, I think it's before five. We're going to offer you our hearty congratulations. <laughs> We're going to carry on with the no repeat guarantee. Okay, great. Thank you. 
I've always said that you can tell a lot about someone uh, by who they've got up on their walls, what posters they've had, particularly back in the formative years of, like, teenager and all that kind of thing. Uh, I was talking uh, to my other half, Katie, yesterday morning about um, who you had as, like, a poster mm-hmm. on your wall when you were a kid uh, and growing up. And what she said to me absolutely floored me because I didn't have this person down as, like, a pin-up in a million years. And I don't mean this in any offence, but okay. it's just, like, it was just a real surprise. When she was a teenager, she had a poster on her wall of... Jonathan Edwards, the triple jumper. <laughs> Do you remember him? The, the dead Christian guy. Yes. Uh, he's like, you know, super Catholic guy, did loads of triple jumps, obviously got an extra foot or yard off of God, that he, kind I of mean, thing. I mean, he's world record holder. Is he still the world still record? Still is. I'm pretty sure. I don't think anyone has got far. I'm going to double check. I'm pretty sure he's still the world record holder. This must have been like uh, early 90s, mid 90s, something yeah. like that, I think. Yeah, but, it would have been, yeah. But the, the two posters in the room, one was Ronan Keating. You can see that. He's a very handsome chap. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, triple jumper, not kind of person you would expect to have as a poster of on your wall. I think if Jonathan Edwards was on this show right now, I think even he would admit to being surprised. Uh, he would probably be surprised that there was even like a range of posters of him <laughs> yeah. mid jump that you could get. So, I I mean, that's incredible. If you, we thought, you know, in terms of like this hour of the show, it'd be interesting to find out if someone has got, even nowadays, a poster of someone that's kind of a bit unusual on their walls, or even back in the day, you had a bit of a curveball up there. Well, here's the thing. Look, you know, obviously and un- unapologetically, there is a lot of excitement for certainly for England football fans at the moment with what's been going on last night and ahead of uh, ahead of Sunday. You'd understand if someone had a Harry Kane picture on their wall. You'd understand if a kid of today had a Raheem Sterling picture on their wall. They get all the headlines, don't they? They get all the headlines. But without going too much sort of like punditry, is anyone putting a Carl Walker picture up on their on on their wall after last night? He was fantastic. Or a Kieran Trippier picture or a in Kieran their locker. Trippier, exactly, yeah. It's always it's there's always certain ones that get it and then there's the, your Jonathan Edwards that get forgot. I think I've got some good news for your Katie. Jonathan Edwards is indeed still the world record holder for triple jump, 18.29 metres. That's a hell of a jump, isn't it? It is, yes, why she had him on the wall. Well, this is it. We're talking about poster curveballs. Uh, <laughs> Did you have a poster up on your wall, either today, a current day, or back in the day, of someone who's slightly off the beaten path of what you would expect? Craig Charles was my favourite pin-up in the late 90s as a teenager, says this nameless text. I love those dirty dreads and his cheeky smile and character in Red Dwarf. People love Red Dwarf, don't they? Yeah. Special place in people's hearts. Uh, John says, I had a Helen Daniels poster on my wall. Oh, come on. Come on now, Helen Daniels, that's amazing. What was the name of the taxi company that she operated in Neighbours? Was it was it Home James? It was what? <laughs> Home James. Home James, maybe it's a bit of that. <laughs> uh, Donna says, when I was 14, I had pictures of Steve Corvin, a jockey, up on my wall. So we're getting a lot of texting from people who had, like, riders and horses and stuff like that. It's like, I know, it's a whole other world, isn't it, that? It's a whole other world that I didn't really know existed. I've never heard of Steve Corvin. Um Imagine having a crush on a jockey. You'd get, like, give him a little hug, like you hug a toddler. Come first, on, then. First jockey to win over $6 million. Oh, he's... Uh, he's Loaded, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what Donna saw. Donna, Fair. get back to us on that. I don't know. Uh, Lane in Gravesend says, oh. My mum had Daily Thompson pictures up inside her wardrobe from the age of 30. It was still there, bless her, last year when she passed away, age 70. Oh, uh, I and, love that. Uh, well, she adds, ironically, it wasn't his face she was interested in. Right. Fruity. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Jordan, what was on your wall? It's basically a cloth with Pam St Clement's face on. <laughs> now, for those who can't quite pick uh, the, the actress's uh, character there, Pam St. Clement, more known uh, for obviously starring in EastEnders as Pat Butcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And was it an EastEnders type thing or, or was it Pam uh, in civilian clothing on your clock? 
it, it was more, uh, I was looking for something odd to put up on my wall and I saw a review on Amazon where someone had said uh, that they wanted to tell the time and they found it easier when they could just tell their family it's quarter past patch chin. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get uh, you one of those clocks. That's, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's not the only thing I've got. I've also got a uh, cushion with... Um, it's based in Marilyn Monroe with a skirt bellowing up, but it's Ainsley Harriet's head. Right, OK. Sounds like you have an interesting time around <laughs> at your house there. Words. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I've got a plethora of them. OK, well, uh, it's, good to, it's good to hear from you, isn't it? <laughs> it is, Jordan. You, you stay safe, Jordan. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, and you. More of the unlikely posters you had up on your wall. Gwen, who is it for you? Ronnie Corbett. Ronnie Corbett. Ronnie Corbett. We've not had anyone else get in touch and say they had a poster of Ronnie uh, Ronnie Corbett back in the day. What era Corbett was this? Seventeen. I was. I was. I'm a. I'm a very small person. I'm. I'm very tiny. So, kind of. I think it was the size. So, okay. Gwen, you are fully admitting that this was this was a Corbett crush. Oh, oh, most definitely. Most, most definitely. And even when he was in Sorry, I kind of had a soft spot. Him and I wanted to give him a hug all the time because I felt so sorry for him. And was your um, favourite bit in the two Ronnies then when, when Ronnie got to do his own bit, sat on that big chair when he told his monologue? Oh, yeah, because I used to... I One of the things, that when I found out he was married, I got very cross. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if, if someone said language, Timothy, to you right now, Gwen, it would, it would send a little shudder. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. She's off. She's off again. <laughs> Lizzie and Hull said Michael Owen. Now, you've got to bear in mind, Michael Owen at his peak when he would have been at poster time. Michael Owen was only about 17, 18 anyway. He's been around for ages, hasn't he? <laughs> but she said, I had Michael Owen calendars two years running. I would then cut them up and make them into my own posters. So you're getting a good 24 pictures of Michael Owen out of that. It kind of turned a bit weird around cutting them up, <laughs> making your own poster yeah. thing there. Got, got, got a bit dark quickly. Uh, this person says, Carl Kennedy from Neighbours graced my wall in the 90s. Obviously, it went well with Kurt Cobain and Ben from Huddersfield's listening to the show. He says uh, on the wall next to my desk at work for inspiration. I have three pictures: Sir Matt Busby, Sir Alex Ferguson, and Colonel Sanders of KFC fame. Oh yeah! yeah. Absolute Radio, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel news, regular news, and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Now, I've been employing modern-day tech uh, to... Well, what I think has been to employ some good parenting today, but I, I, I need your backup on this. Is there something that you're just you're just keeping an eye on right now? Let me explain. Uh, my teenage son has been on a long train journey today. It's, in, it's, uh, it's involved in being on three different trains. Oh, blimey. So that means that he's got to change twice at, at relatively large train stations. OK. But he's a teenage boy, he's basically just soaking up TikTok. You just never know quite how much is going on concentration-wise. Right, OK, so you mean? So he's been checking in, texting, or, you know, the odd call sort of saying, yeah, I'm on the right train, Dad. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm fine. So what, I need to do that? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all cool. It's all cool. It's fine. I'm sure he is, but what I've been doing is using the old find my phone, find my friend function on the iPhone and tracking him. Can I just say, I came over to see Richie earlier yeah. on today before the show started, <laughs> and on his laptop was, I kid you not, because I stood the other side of him, uh, a photo of, from Google Maps, like yeah. Google Earth, yeah. of a train station with a little picture of your son's <laughs> face in a circle. <laughs> 
at the train station. But the thing is, he doesn't know I'm doing this. It's like something out of a Bond movie, though. I'm just keeping an eye on him. It did, it did feel like I was in some kind of, like, surveillance operation. So it's a bit like the Truman Show. He's walking around thinking that he's navigating through this kind of amazing thing, and, and you're in the background. That's the thing. There's the parenting. He thinks he's walking around, he's in control, you know, big independence. Yeah, I'm growing up, I'm doing this big train. I'm keeping an eye. But you're not intervening. Like, no. It's almost like a, a, a benevolent god or something. Exactly You're not, not getting involved. Maybe it's a little bit like in Star Trek. What's, what's it? Is it called the Prime Directive? If you ever go to a different civilization in yeah. Star Trek, you're not allowed to intervene yeah. to change the course of exactly. that. Exactly. I'm just, it's just reassurance, like yeah. Is there something that you're keeping an eye on right now? Well, I'm, in terms of, um, I don't want to call it all out surveillance, but it is a bit of that. <laughs> I really want to get, I keep getting pushed on Instagram, this um, bird feeder. Right. The, the, you, it's got a camera in it, and every time the bird lands on the feeder, yeah. uh, it sends a photo to your phone. Yeah. And I'd love to have someone. I know that it's been doing surveillance. It is, yes. But I would love to have one of them. I think it's a really good idea. So you're keeping an eye on this and looking for a little good deal and think, I might get this. Well, this is it. They keep pushing it to me. So they obviously have, have uh, I don't know, targeted me as someone who's into it, and it's working. Yeah, there you go. Right, look, if you are into, if you're just you're just keeping an eye on something right now, okay, it, it could be a teenager, but equally. It could be a bird. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not mucky stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean, right. in the in the garden. <laughs> exactly. Or it could just be some kind of item you're thinking, I'm going to buy that. Am I going to buy that? Oh, it's dropped in price. Listen to this. When I drove the kids on holiday this half term, my husband tracked our progress through the kids' phone, not mine, London to North Wales. She adds, <laughs> it's the most husband-like thing he's ever done. <laughs> All right, but to, to, to take this back to a nicer vibe, Holly says, find my iPhone. It's my best friend. Me and my best mate track each other. And I also track my grandma. What are you tracking your grandma doing, though? To and from bingo? Can I just ask a quick question, because mm. I'm obsessed with this find my phone thing. Mm. Do you and your other half, Natalie, have these turned on on your phone so you know where she is and she knows where you are? Don't believe so. OK. So you're <laughs> off grid. <laughs> I love it. I think they're amazing. That's <laughs> for the teenagers. Simon says, this is a slippery slope, Richie. My boss tracks his boys. They're about 25 years old now. Don't live anywhere near home. When, when does it end? That's a good point. You know, I mean, my mum still worries about me and my brother and we're in our 40s. So she, if she had this technology, she'd be all over it. Next phone call, just ask your mum whether she's got to find my iPhone. This text just coming. in. It says, uh, my friend tracks her husband so she knows when he'll be home for dinner. It saves the mundane chat. What time are you home for tea? I have been surveilling my teenage son today through Find My iPhone just to check he's safe on his progress. You know, just keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him. He's not watching TikTok and all this kind of rubbish. John, what do you keep an eye out on? I got I got a pizza from for birthday, but it was in December, and uh, it got delivered on the drive, and I just couldn't lift it, so it's been in the shed for six months. Um, so I've built a little thing for it to go on, and I'm just keeping an eye on the fire in it. You've got to cure it for three days or something. So I'm just just built a little fire for two to three hours uh, for right. the next three days. So you can't like go, you can't leave it be for a bit then, because you worry it might take the house down with it. <laughs> well, Something like that. They burn the frigging house down. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what is curing it? What does that even mean? It, it, you've just got to dry sort of the cement out, but. Obviously, it's been in the shed for six months, so if it's not dry now, it never will be, will it? Exactly, it's cured itself. Do you know what? I love that's the it. Idea of having it. a pizza so, oven. So what is so what's going to be your inaugural pizza that you're going to make then when this thing finally oh, gets dried out? God, I don't know, mate. I'm a chef actually, so I don't know. I'll throw any old. <laughs> I mean, <you> think. <laughs> <laughs> so when will it be ready? When will the thing be ready? Um, hopefully, just after the weekend. Hopefully. Well, let's see. Let's see for the England game. You know. Yeah, that'll Fantastic. be great. Do your own pizza uh, as we beat Italy. Yes, come on, come then, on, there, John. Come on. Selling it, selling in the street, make some money. 
Home time on a Thursday night. It's Bush and Richie on Absolute Radio. Now, this time yesterday, we were speaking to a very excitable Chris Kamara before the semi-final of the Euros, and now we speak to him 24 hours on. And Cammy, it's fantastic, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. I actually cried in Wembley last night. In my lifetime, I am going to see England in a final at Wembley. I never expected it. I never thought it would come true. I had doubts, doubts, doubts. When they scored the first goal, I had even more doubts. And then we came, turned it around. And we're there. We're in the final. Oh, I'm just so happy. Well, one thing that I really got from watching it on the telly last night was just the connection between uh, the England team and the people at Wembley. Like, it seems to be like a real good connection. They were going up to them and singing Sweet Caroline together. It must have been an amazing sight to, and thing to be part of. Oh, it was indeed. I partied with all the players' families until the early hours in the morning. So, firsthand, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you what the atmosphere was like. And because I was sat with all the players' families, at the end, when all the TV productions had gone, all the players were on the pitch waving to their kids, their mums and dads, their aunties and uncles, their granddads and grandmas, and it was just brilliant. And they put Sweet Caroline back on, and it was amazing. It was such a great atmosphere. It was a pleasure to be there. Do you, do you have any idea yet, Cammy, where you are going to be come Sunday night at 8 o'clock? <laughs> I know exactly where I'll be. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my wife might be at home, but I am desperately trying to get her a ticket. So if you know anyone, she'll sit anywhere. Good man, good man. Italy, formidable team. We've got to get past them in the final. I mean, what are your thoughts on score prediction for that? There, there's a tough oh, opponent. Yeah, it's really tough. Now, they're good. They're a good team. They've got some special players. They've got some old-timers as well, Benucci and Cellini at the back. Uh, that'll be a great contest with Harry Kane. I'm so looking forward to it. We know you've got a great singing voice, uh, Cammy. Uh, were, you, were you belting out Sweet Caroline as much as the uh, next person last night? I was indeed. I couldn't talk this morning. I really couldn't. <laughs> I had to do a podcast this afternoon as well. I had to apologise for my croaky voice. I've since been home and take some throat lozenges, uh, and it sounds a bit better for you guys. Well, like we said before, you, you turned into our lucky charm for this uh, tournament, Cammy. I didn't realise how many people listen to your show. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that as a compliment. My, yeah, my apologies because I said Harry Kane would take a penalty and score on your show yesterday, yes. and he did. <laughs> and so I've had loads of messages. You said it on absolute. <laughs> Good man, Cammy. Thank you so much. Pleasure. So there you go, there's the show. There's one question I forgot to ask you right at the beginning when you were talking about your other half, Natalie, making pasta this evening ahead mm. of Sunday's England versus Italy game in the Euro Championships. What kind of pasta is she doing? She is making the, what they call the little sort of ravioli, the little tortellini kind of things. You know, like little pasta parcels. Oh, and what's, so what's going to be in them? She hasn't made clear, but I'm hoping if she knows me well, and she should do after um, however many years we've been together now, yeah. I should be able to insert that figure. Any number on that. 
It's around about six or seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. Ish. Um, spinach and ricotta would be good. Oh, I didn't think you were going to go there. Mm. I thought it was just a, just your straight-up cheese. Four cheeses I put you down for. Oh, I, I mean, I, if, she's, <laughs> if she's bought four cheeses to insert in some freshly made pasta, I'll take that. I, I hope spinach and ricotta. Find out on... Well, there won't be a podcast tomorrow, <laughs> no, so you'll have to wait until next be, week. No, you'll have to... And I'm off. So I'll tell you what, I'll text you yep. what was in... Thursday's homemade pasta. You can let them know next episode. And I'll read it out on Monday's podcast. <laughs> there's, your, there's your weekend booked. You've been listening to the Home Time Show on Absolute Radio. When you go home, you've been listening to the Home Time Show. The, the last, last bit, bit of, of the no repeat guarantee. Soon May, your tea will come. You can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel. The Home Time Show is about the Essex Loop, the bird invasion, and I hate for Bing. In the home time show, we speak of pundit shoes and a lass called Leona. Soon may your tea, tea will come. come. You, you can, can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. bottoms. Until then, we'll, we'll play, play you songs, songs and maybe send you a tea towel. towel.